if you haven't figured that out yet. But you can have a better look at it. I am Trevor 50 years from now. I'll be sure and tell him that, and I'm sure that he will appreciate that, you know, to what, you know, that he's looking forward to. You know, Trevor is one of the greatest young preachers that I have ever heard, and I've heard a lot of them, a lot of them. And I wouldn't want you to, you have to go up to his head, but you don't need to tell him that. But I, you know, I think that God has truly called him to be the pastor of this church. As most of you know, I'll introduce myself. I'm Alan Wilkerson, by the way. I've been preaching for about 25 years, not at this church, but another church, another denomination of a church. But I found the spirit of the Lord here. And this is where I want to end my life, I guess you might say. Because I feel the spirit of God moving in this church. The Trevor and I have something in common. It's called expository preaching. I don't put an S on that because it would be completely different. But expository preaching is giving you a verse or a series of verses, and I help explain what that verse means. That's called expository preaching. I don't ask you to believe me. I want each and every one here this morning. If you have a question, you go to the Word of God and you search it out yourself. Because I've been known to make a few mistakes in my life. I hear an amen on that. But you know what? God forgives me for my mistakes. You know, I try to reach out to the congregation and maybe make a statement to each group that is here. I see a young group. We don't have a youth group. Oh, good, you get to listen to me. You know, but I also have a group that is more in my age form. And you're getting in trouble, let me tell you. I have a couple of men back here in the back. If I happen to go down, they're going to come to my rescue and give me mouth to mouth. But really... I want to address the ones that are 65, maybe older. Do you remember back then where we didn't have air conditioning? 
We didn't have the good pews that you have to sit on today. I remember when the ladies of the church, they had an art of them old funeral home fans. And man, they could get with it. They could make the wind flow. I remember an old potbelly stove They'd be set in a corner somewhere, and people would draw close to that pot-bellied stove to keep from freezing to death. That happened. Do I get an amen on that? All right, this is what I want also. I am a dying breed. I know you don't have to really relate to that. But I would like to bring this congregation that I have of saying amen. I've got one started back here, but he's he's uh, he's relaxed, I guess you might say. But this is one of the things that a preacher desires in a lot of cases. Amen. Can we practice? Can you say amen? What does it mean? Well, it means that you're into the service or you're into the message, first of all. And you agree what the Bible says or the preacher says. And what that does is get you involved in the message itself. Helps your preacher and helps you from just sitting like a knot on a log and not interacting with the message. We need more ameners. And that might not be proper English. I don't know. I have to get a teacher to tell me. But we need more people who interact with the message. How long has it been since you heard a person shout in church? I don't know about you, but it's been a long, long time. Now, I'm not saying everybody get up But if you feel led to it, do it. Because the Spirit of God calls people. I'm not saying you have to jump pews or anything like that. But we need to be more spiritual in our service today. I'll get to my main message here in a minute. Don't time me, please. <laughs> my scripture this morning is in Genesis 1 and 1. That's one of them. And Revelation 21 and 1. And you're going to say, oh my Lord, he's going to preach the whole Bible to us. I might leave out the book of Leviticus if you can deal with that. But those two pick those two verses picture a time, a past time when time was created, and a time when 
Do you believe that? Brother Denny Dalton, I'm going to ask you a question. I kind of made this aware to him so he would be prepared. What time? <laughs> what time do you have? That is not correct. You need a new watch. Brother Chad Grovero, do you have your watch on your wrist? Where's he at? Did he duck out? I told him I was going to call on him. Are you there, Chad? What? Man, oh man. I tell you, you really didn't want to get spit on this morning. You sit in the back row. What time do you have? What was that? Okay. That also is not correct. You need to know watch like this. Don't copy off Denny. But I'm just messing with you both. You see, it took approximately three seconds for you, for me to ask you and you give me the answer of what time it is. What is three seconds? In those three seconds, taking statistics, five people in this world have moved on to a place where time is no more. Think about that. Five people has moved on from the place of time to a place of eternity where there is no time. The problem is we don't know their choice in life. The decision has been made, but we don't know what that decision is. They have either went to an eternal place of where God is, or they have basically went to a place where God is not. So we see a decision is the most important thing to them at that particular time. I'm sure that if they could go back, that some of them would make a different decision what they're going to live with through eternity. But time, you can never go back. You can never go back. Do you hear that? Amen? <laughs> there you go. We're going to get with it here in just a minute. But isn't that true? What you've done is the way it is. You can never go back. You might want to change. Basically, God only allows you a certain time to make your decision. Very important. And I hope this morning that I can encourage you to make a decision. 
there might be someone here this morning you are thinking about that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior or deny him. Hopefully, but not guaranteed, you might make that decision this morning. But tomorrow might be Genesis first chapter. The first verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Do you agree with that? Again? I can't hear you. Okay, praise God. You agree with that? Well, the world offers you a counteraction. It's called the Big Bang Theory. Anybody ever hear that? Raise your hand. Okay. The Big Bang Theory. So you know what theory actually means? It means by Webster's Dictionary. A unprovable theory. Only good for arguments or consideration. So we see that God created the heavens and the earth. But you have a choice to believe Genesis 1 or you believe a theory called the Big Bang Theory. Let me explain what it is. You correct me if I'm wrong. Billions of years ago, the earth or the universe was in a giant egg. This giant egg contained all the stars, all the planets, and everything of the universe. Man, that must have been a big chicken that laid that egg. That's the only thing I can say. So we take the world Creation was made for man and not man for the creation. If that is so, anybody ever gamble in here? Anybody want to admit to gambling in here? It's a gambler based on odds and different things like that. For this to happen, where this earth was cast out of this giant egg, and for it to come in a solar system that is a completely by accident, 
that you can live like a human being? What's your main things? Water, food, different things I forgot. But basically, the odds of that happening way beyond. Let me give you an instance. If you ever played the lottery, it would be more consistent for you to win that lottery 138 times in a row. What your odds would be. So we believe, I believe, God created all things. Backed up by John 1 and 3. For by all things, God created. Without him, nothing was made. That's my backup scripture for Genesis 1 and 1. Sorry about the mic. I have to get my second. Now, this is not a hard choice for me to make. Don't get me wrong. I like to take something, research it, and come to a decision. I know a man back there. He's setting it up. He takes the information. He's got a book about that thick of information. I'm trying to get it from him, but he won't let me. But basically, we need to make a choice, a decision. God make you? Ooh, that's getting more personal, isn't it? We've got another theory. This theory is that you came from a one cell at a bug. And it evolved, evolved into what? A monkey. A monkey. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like to be called a monkey. But if that's what it is, you have a choice. Word of God. Genesis 1, 26. Let me read it. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over cattle, and all the earth, and over, over every creeping thing, everything that creepeth upon the earth. Do you believe that? Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the alternative. There was a man called Charles 
he decided he'd come up with an idea, and that's what it all is, to deny God. So he come up with the idea of evolution. What was the definition of a theory? A theory of evolution is the same as I quoted a while ago, an unproven thing based on argument and for correction. So he says, well, we were a one-cell being. But the problem with that, he doesn't address. A cell can only divide, clone itself. It can never become a higher order. Are you a higher order? I hope so. Psalms 139, 14 says that you are wonderfully and magnificently made. Ever look at yourself in the mirror? You are God's creation. You are the most prized creation of all things in the world. He created you to serve him. You're perfect. Hell, I certainly don't look perfect, but part of me is perfect. A part that you can't see, a part that is like God, my soul, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen? You see, one day, I hope it isn't a day, but God is going to call me home. He's going to call me to a perfect place that he has prepared for me. I hope each and every one of you has come to the decision in your life. I want to be with my Lord and Savior. See, that's what sin brought into this world. It brought a separation from God. And by God's word, the only thing I can say there's only one way for you to live in eternity, and that is by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, basically, I've been around quite a while. I've preached many sermons. There's one thing. That I don't like to deal with. And that is death. It's a terrible thing. We all have an appointment. 
Anybody here not have an appointment? We have appointments with doctors. If you're going to school, you're got, you have an appointment to be there at a certain time. My grandson, he has a terrible time of being on time in school. So him and Mr. Gibson has formed a relationship, a close relationship. But you know that we have work. I don't know how many people still work in this congregation, but you have an appointment probably on Monday morning to be at work. What happens? You don't make that appointment. It costs. You haven't found that out. It costs unless you're unless your salary or something like that. So not making the appointment costs. You say, brother, I'm free. I don't go to school. I don't work. You have an appointment. Book of Hebrews gives that to you. It's appointed upon man once to die. After that, the judgment. Huh. Well, let me say one thing. You will not be late for that appointment. You will not be early for that appointment. It is appointed unto God, that appointment. But it's your decision this morning. Were you believe that or not? But I tell you by God's word, we all have that appointment. I ask you this morning to make a decision in your life where you're going to spend eternity. With God or separated from God. This is your choice this morning if you're without Jesus Christ in your life. I don't know who is, who ain't. That's improper English. I'm just as common as anybody in here. But I made that decision years ago. I want to be with my Lord, my Savior. I want to be with my loved ones. I can preach you a sermon, but I don't have time. Of a beautiful place that the Bible describes, there's only been two people that have seen this place. Their names are Paul. Paul came back 
He says, in the spirit or out of the spirit. I don't know. But he attempted to describe this beautiful place. But his words vanished from this No way he could have done it. I want to see. I have made the decision. All I'm waiting on is the I ask you this morning, I challenge you this morning, by God's word, not my word, are you ready to face the judge, the judgment that we will all face? Are you prepared? I can't tell you I love every one of you and I truly mean that I can't make that decision I have given you the scriptures I have backed up those scriptures so it's up to you this morning do you want to stand before your God and my God without any excuse? And if you're listening to me this morning and you're into the message, I delivered a message this morning. You can have. Any of you will go out that door. A lot we locked the door so we couldn't get out, but have you made a decision where you're going? Eternity. That is a decision I put before you. make an altar here somewhere if you feel God is moving you to come this morning and kneel and just accept him as your savior but you're in a battle you're in a battle Amen.